Most of my books are now available as audiobooks. Go to maniacontheloose.com slash audiobooks. If you like scary stories, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories Podcast. (laughs) Sit back and relax. Keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times. And enjoy the ride. The Distress Call I own a very successful boat manufacturing company. Being a workaholic, I normally work late into the night before returning home, but one random Thursday afternoon, I decided to take off early and give my wife a nice surprise. But the surprise was on me when I walked into our bedroom to find her in bed with another man. It shouldn't have been a shock. My sexy wife, who was nearly 20 years my junior, married me for my money. I guess I knew that all along, but had convinced myself that there was more to it than that. In reality, this was probably inevitable. The good news was, when I divorced her for her infidelity, I'd be able to get out of it without having to pay a dime in alimony. But still, I needed to drown my sorrows, so... I took to my happy place, which happened to be my 70-foot luxury sport yacht. I was accompanied by a bottle of Southern Comfort. I chugged the liquor down as my ship skipped through the choppy ocean toward the horizon. I stopped to watch the sunset and passed out shortly thereafter. I was so distraught when I took to the ocean that I hadn't even bothered to check the weather reports, thus was completely unaware of the approaching storm that was complemented by gale-force winds. I woke up to find my yacht bobbing up and down in the rough waters like a fishing bobber. I was in the Navy for over 20 years and I'm a licensed captain. I had been in much more dire conditions than these with less stable vessels. I'd get out of this without too much difficulty. I would just have to give the sea my full attention, which, in my still inebriated state, would require more determined focus than normal. As I got control of my yacht and set a course for the mainland, I heard the distress call. It wasn't the typical mayday call. This was pure panic. I could hear the caller distinctly yell out, What the hell is that? His tormented cry was followed by multiple people screaming out in terror. I was able to get in contact with the Coast Guard, but their nearest cutter was over an hour from the vessel in question. When I peered out of my cabin window and saw the hulking body of the cruise ship looming over my yacht like a ghostly mountain, I realized I was the one that could answer the distress call the fastest. The cruise ship wasn't one of the mammoth ships most are used to seeing nowadays. 
It was simultaneously considered a small cruise ship and one of the largest full-rigged sailing ships in the world. It was the type of ship that could accommodate approximately 200 guests. This type of vessel lacked the activities of the Goliath cruise ships, but was not without its fair share of luxurious amenities. I imagined it boasted two or three restaurants, at least one swimming pool, and an unrestricted atmosphere. Smaller ships such as this were able to dock at a variety of locations that the grand cruise ships are too large to navigate. What was likely a cozy, inviting sight mere hours ago was now a dark, lonely structure. The electricity was blown. Even the emergency lights that such a ship would have were not functioning. The dark, shadowy ship bobbed up and down in the water like a top. When the lightning would briefly illuminate the ship, I could see no sign of life whatsoever, which was odd. Where was everyone? I used the constant strobe of intense lightning to lead my way to the side of the vessel. I was able to cast a line to one of the ship's ladders and dock my yacht alongside it so I could ascend the ladder. I found myself extremely thankful that the cruise ship was as small as it was when the rope ladder swung in the wind and occasionally slammed me against the ship's hull. It only took me a few minutes to hop over the cruise ship's railing and find myself standing on the ship's deck. It was eerily dark and silent. I shined my flashlight in every direction but saw no evidence of anyone. As I walked down the dreary deck toward the ship's bridge, I peered into the various cabin windows I passed. They were too dark to see within. The absence of life on the ship was unsettling, so I called out. Hello? Can anyone hear me? I could hear multiple people scurrying on the deck above me, but I got no response. I shined my flashlight over the quiet, vast deck at the ship's bow and then ascended a flight of steps that took me to the ship's bridge. As I stepped into the pilot house where the ship's wheel can be found, I discovered the first signs of distress. The pilot house was void of any seamen, but the front window was smashed in. Shattered glass was scattered throughout the cabin. I shined my light around the room and spotted a clear trail of blood leading out of the pilot house. I followed the trail of blood into a darkened restaurant. The tables had all been tossed about, bar stools were knocked over, the mirror behind the bar was broken, as were the majority of the glasses that once hung elegantly over the bar. The damage seemed more extreme than I would have expected from the ocean's conditions. There was no doubt in my mind that something else caused this. But what? I walked out of the restaurant and into a small casino area. Much like the restaurant, the casino was in disarray. Tables were toppled over, chips were scattered everywhere, and the trail of blood on the floor intensified. I followed the blood to the ship's main lounge. One of the huge padded swinging doors to the lounge was ripped off its hinges. When I stepped over the door into the lounge, I was met by a powerful iron-laced scent of fresh blood mixed with death and salt water. 
As I shine my light about, I first notice that all of the windows in the lounge had been boarded up, and the back door to the lounge had been barricaded with various chairs and tables. As I look back at the entrance at which I came through, I could see that this was the case there as well, only something had busted through this barrier. When the beam of my flashlight cast a glow on the center of the lounge, I could see that this was where all of the crew and passengers came to seek refuge from... something. In front of me was a mass of shredded humanity. There were hundreds of people who had been ripped to pieces. Various body parts were strewn about like oversized toothpicks. Entrails and unrecognizable chunks of tattered human meat were flung all about the room. The once bright colorful walls were now drenched with dark blood splatter. The combination of the grisly sight and the unsettled alcohol in my belly caused me to add my vomit to the ghastly scene. Nobody survived this bloodbath. I thought perhaps my obvious assumption would be proven incorrect when I heard scampering on the decks outside the lounge. I cast my light beam onto the lounge windows in hopes of spotting some survivors, but the windows were too obstructed from the barricade to see through. However, through the ragged slits of the blockade I could see movement of figures outside. The sound of their scuttling was growing distant as they ran toward the ship's stern. Hey, wait! As I bolted through the lounge doors toward the sound of the survivors, I began to hear the distinct sound of someone plunging over the side of the ship and smacking down into the relentless waves of the ocean below. This sound was followed by another plunge, and another. I could hear dozens of people hurling themselves overboard. They must have mistaken me for whatever was responsible for this massacre. Wait, no, don't jump! As I hustled down the deck, I found myself standing on the observation deck just in time to watch one of the last two dark figures throw themselves over the rail. No! I held my flashlight out, and the beam of light illuminated the final survivor. As they turned around and stared at me, I realized I wasn't looking into the eyes of one of the victims. I was staring at one of the monsters responsible for the slaughter. And when I say monster, I mean that literally. The creature I was staring at was not human. The monster was seven feet tall and covered with glistening murky teal scales. Its arms were long and bulky. Its talon-like claws were larger than a grizzly bear and webbed. Its legs were short and muscular, and its feet looked like divers' flippers. Its face held a resemblance to that of a humanoid fish with bulbous lips that barely housed its rows of razor teeth. It had fins where a human's ears would be, and its eyes were beady and glowing yellow. The beast scowled at me and let out a hideous, high-pitched, clacking roar that sounded like a demented, sinister form of a whale's song. And with that, the beast hopped over the rail, joining its partners in the blackness of the ocean. I raced from the cruise ship to the safety of my yacht 
and sped away from the horrific scene. How would anybody believe such a fantastic story? Most would deem me to be drunk or mentally disturbed. Hell, some may think I was involved in that butchery in some way. Ultimately, I thought it best to keep it to myself, and I've never had the courage to go back out on the ocean since. We hope you enjoyed the show. We're dying for you to come back for more. <laughs> Visit ManiacOnTheLoose.com Sign up for our newsletter and I'll give you some free stuff. We'll see you soon. Very soon. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to support the show, buy some of my books. I have a bunch of them, and most of them are free with Kindle Unlimited. Don't have Kindle Unlimited? No problem. They're all priced pretty cheap. Go to ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash books. If you like what you're hearing, please consider contributing any amount helps. Recurring monthly contributions are best of all. Just go to ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash support. That's ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash support.